you may have heard of the Grace Evangelical Society. I listen to them a lot. It's uh, they're uh, a free grace um, society, I guess. It's a, it's like a, you can get a membership to them, and they have a magazine, and they do a podcast, and they have a website called faithalone.org, and they agree with uh, 99% of what we believe in, and 100% of what we believe in the gospel. By it's not by works at all. And they're always preaching against uh, lordship, salvation, and such. But I listened to their podcast, and three three times in the last month, I'd say, they have had this one topic that I disagree with them on, and <clears throat> that is they have covered three times. And Friday, they just did one on Friday about what is an overcomer, right? So they have a definition of what an overcomer is. And the Bible has a definition of it, and we're going to see if their definition lines up with what the Bible says. We're going to uh, look at this topic of an overcomer in the Bible. And uh, so, if you if you go to Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter I think it starts in chapter two. In Revelation chapter two, in the letters to the churches. We have, there's eight, in chapter 2 and chapter 3, there's, and then there's one in Revelation 21, but chapter 2 and 3 is where most of them are. So if you go to chapter 2, verse 7, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Right. so the next one is, in verse 11, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Next one is verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And now we have in verse 26 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. So that's a bit longer. Um, so the next one is in chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Next one uh, after that is verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. The next one in Revelation 3 is verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. And then the final um, mention of overcoming is in Revelation 21, verse 7, which says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. 
and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. So those are the eight promises to the overcomers that we have in uh, Revelation. So the, the, uh, so the issue is, well, what, what is the definition of an overcomer? So what does the Grace Evangelical Society say? They go to Romans 12, verse 21. This is the verse that they quote when they say what an overcomer is. Romans 12, verse 21. And this is the only verse that they have to back up their position. There's a one, it's one verse. Romans 12, verse 21. It says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So now they're going to take, they take, so their definition on the podcast, three times now they've said it, that overcomers are not, not all believers are overcomers. They say that only believers that are living a victorious Christian life qualify as an overcomers, right? So they're going to say, because of this verse, uh, overcome evil with good, it means that we're supposed to be doing that. In order to be an overcomer, you have to follow that verse. And, it, and they go to Strong's Concordance to find the Greek word. They, they like to go back to, a lot of the, these guys are from Bible college, so they like to go back to the Greek a lot. So they go back to the Greek, and the Greek for overcome is nikeo. Nikeo is where the, we get the word Nike from. It's, it means victory. It means conquer, overcome, prevail, get the victory. So they're saying that only people that, only believers that overcome and get the victory are considered overcomers, right? So, and that's the only verse they have. And so then they go to the Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says, um, a person who overcomes something, one who succeeds in dealing with or gaining control of some problem or difficulty. So it's about overcoming you know, adversity, overcoming difficulties. So the Grace Evangelical Society's position is not every Christian is an overcomer because there's believers that don't do anything for God and they're still going to get to heaven. They, they still believe that you know they're going to get to heaven, but they're not considered overcomers and they are not going to get all of the rewards that are listed in Revelation. That's their position. And, and to back that up as well, they quote the dictionary, they quote Strong's Concordance, they quote movies, Bible college professors, other pastors, and whatever their own thoughts are about what it should, what they think it should mean, but they never look at the Bible's definition of it. And that's the one thing that we should always do, especially with, you know, we're not sure what a word means. Look it up and see what the Bible tells us what it means, because a lot of times the Bible tells us what that mean, what it, what it means, right? So they say that the New Testament is filled with instructions on how to overcome. So they're taking, but if you look up the word overcome, there's only 22 occurrences of the word in the entire Bible, and there's only 10 mentions of it in the New Testament, I think. 10 or, I think 12, maybe 12. 12 in the New Testament and 10 in the Old Testament. So the, and most of them are the eight verses in Revelation. So, and then the other one is the Romans 12, and then there's a couple of verses in 1 John, which we're going to get to later. 
So they are, see, they think that an overcomer is sort of like a special elite class of Christian, like a higher class than the rest. Someone who's like, you know, worked their whole life to, uh, to you know, serve God their whole life, right? And that's what they believe. So I wrote them a letter because it was the third time that they covered this. I said, I can't stay quiet. I'm going to have to, you know, I sent them an email, right? And I said, um, uh, I disagree with you on this uh, because um, there's certain things that are on that list that not not just special people are going to get. Like everyone's going to get it, right? So the one with, um, let me go back to Revelation. Revelation, Revelation uh, two. But they they won't quote this verse. This is one of the verses they don't quote. Revelation. They quoted Revelation two seven, which tells you you're going to get to eat of the tree of life. So they said not everyone is going to get to eat of the tree of life. Uh, only overcomers are going to do that. But then they. But then the one that they skip over every time is verse eleven which says, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. So the second death is only mentioned four times in the entire Bible, and then three times in Revelation, four times, they're all in Revelation, actually. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 6, says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So that mentions the second death. 21, verse 2014 says, this is at the great white throne judgment after that, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's the Bible's definition of the second death is the lake of fire, is hell, right? Hell is even thrown into there. Hell is moved to the lake of fire at that time. And that is the definition, the biblical definition of the of the second death. And then, of course, verse 8 of Revelation 21 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So again, that's another clear statement of what the second death is. It's hell. So Revelation 2 Verse 11 says, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. So that does not just apply to certain people. That's everyone who's saved, right? Because, so therefore, an overcomer is everyone, has to be everyone who's saved because of that one verse alone. And um, so they, but they skip over that, right? Because, and then they'll say, the rest of them, the eating of the hidden manna, and the white stone, well, that's a special reward for certain people. And um, they skip over Revelation 2.26, although they mentioned the part where it says, to him I will give power over the nations. They said if you overcome, then you get power over the nations. But they leave out the second part, which says, and keepeth my works unto the end. That's an extra condition that they they gloss over it or they don't even mention it 
they say, oh, overcomers are going to be given power over the nations. So that one there, the one where it says, and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. So it's, though, it's not just those who overcome. So it's overcoming plus keeping Jesus' works unto the end. That's definitely related to works, right? That's definitely a reward given only to certain people, not to everybody. Because it's clear that there's two conditions there, overcoming and keeping the works unto the end. And then they say, well, in verse 3-5 where it says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Well, not everyone's going to get white raiment then. That's what it means to them. They, uh, they say that all believers don't get that. But then they also skip over the second part of the verse where it says, And I will not blot out his name from out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So they say, well, you know, if you want to be clothed in right raiment, you better have the works, right? So, but the thing is, the, um, the work salvation crowd always quotes Revelation 3.5 saying, see, if you don't overcome, then you will get blotted out of the, out of the book of life, right? So, and you always have to, you know, tell them, well, that's, that's true, but what, it depends on what the definition of overcoming is, right? Right? It, you know, if you have a works-based explanation of the, what overcoming means, then you're going to have a false doctrine there because you're going to say, well, if you don't have the works, then you will be blotted out of the book of life, right? So they don't say that. The Grace Evangelical Society, they don't say that. They just quote the first part and skip over the second part. And there's always a red flag when someone has a doctrine that skips over certain Bible verses that clearly should be part of that doctrine, right? So they've skipping, they're skipping over certain verses, right? And then the rest of them, where he, he will make a pillar in the temple of my God, they say it's not that's not all believers. And... And sitting in my throne, to him that overcometh I will grant to sit with me in my throne. They say that's not all believers either. And then at, in 21.7 they say, it says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. They always quote the part where it says, they sh He that overcometh shall inherit all things. But then they stop there. Because the second part says, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And in, in John chapter 1, if we go to John chapter 1, it's pretty clear how to become God's son. Right? It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So all you have to do to become a son of God is to believe on Jesus' name, right? So it's clear that the second part of the verse where it says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son, that has to apply to everybody, everybody that believes on his name, because that's how you become a son, and it's in the same verse. It's not two separate he that overcomes. It's one statement, right? So again... They never quote the second part. Mm -hmm. So that is why I emailed them and pointed these things out to them because um, 
they, they're sort of getting close to some false doctrine there because if they are saying that you have to be an overcomer but not all believers are overcomers, well then people are going to think, well then you could be hurt of the second death, you might be blotted out of the book of life, and you might not be a son of God if, unless you're overcoming. So that doctrine where it's like it's certain rewards for certain people, that's complete false doctrine and they need to... I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to answer me. But I've, in the past, when I've uh, asked them about why they used the New King... See, they used the New King James Bible as well. Now, the New King James has pretty much the same um, translation of these overcomer passages. So there's, they're not getting in... It's not because of the New King James that they're getting into trouble here. So I've asked them before about the, why they use the New King James, because and I pointed out some of the differences. They never replied back to me, because they don't have an answer to it, and I don't think they're going to reply back to this either, because they don't. They, there's no way they could answer these pe verses that they're skipping over about the second death and the uh, becoming a son, sons of God, and you know. So I'm hoping they do. You know, I'm hoping that they may change their mind on, on this doctrine. Um, we had uh, the example of Apollos in the book of Acts where he was preaching something. He didn't exactly know everything about, because he wasn't aware about the resurrection and all this, so he was preaching John's baptism. And then we had um, uh, Priscilla and Aquila went to him and uh, said, look, you're preaching something wrong. Here's what you should, here's what the full story is. And then he said, okay, well, he started preaching the truth then. He, start, he realized he was wrong and started preaching the truth. It's, but the thing is with these guys, it's hard for these guys to admit they're wrong because number one, they have written it in books. They have all these books out there that have this doctrine in it. They have podcasts, they have their website, they have their newsletters, their magazine, articles. They would have to come out and say, oh, we're sorry, we've been wrong for like the last 20 years. That's hard for them to do. I think that's going to be hard for them to do. Yeah. I mean, they're going to lose some credibility there if they come out all of a sudden and say, well, wait a second, some guy emailed us and we realize we're wrong. <laughs> I would like to see that happen. I don't think it's going to. I don't think so. We'll see. We'll see. Let the spirit work on them, I guess. And the only other mentions of overcoming is in Second Peter. Second um, Peter two. Let me look at that. Let's see what this is about. Second Peter two nineteen says. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. So that verse there, if we go up to see the context of that verse, in verse 1 of Second Peter says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, 
and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And it through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So the whole chapter is about false prophets. Uh, so it's, that's kind of interesting where it says they can be overcome by the pollutions of the world. Um, you know, it's kind of dangerous for them to be saying that overcoming has something to do with works because they're putting themselves in with the false prophets almost with those verses. And then Romans 3, chapter 4, or verse 4. Romans 3, verse 4. And it starts starts in verse, I'll start in verse 1. Romans 3, what advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So that is actually quoting Psalm 51. And that's talking about, let's go to Psalm 51. And look at, look, see what that's actually about. Psalm 51 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. So that's what Romans 3, 4 is uh, quoting. It doesn't say overcome in the, in, in the um, psalm. But it says in Romans 3, 4, instead of be clear, it says, And mightest overcome when thou art judged. It's talking about God there, though. It's not talking about us being overcome. It's talking about God is being justified because we're admitting we're a sinner. Basically, J David's realizing he's a sinner there in that psalm. And that's what Romans, 1 is all about, Romans 3 is all about that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's about realizing that we were sinners, right? That's what Romans 3 is all about. So that's why it's quoting Psalm 51, because that psalm is about the same topic, basically. So that's another mention of the word overcome. And then in Revelation, oh, there's some more. Revelation chapter 13 I'm just going to look at all the mentions of it just to make sure. But Revelation chapter 13 says, this is about the Antichrist during the tribulation. It says in verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So that's 
that he will overcome the saints. So in other words, we're not going to be overcoming evil with good and then when it comes to the Antichrist. He's going to overcome us. But So does that mean we're not an overcomer then? Is that by the grace evangelical definition of overcomer, if this verse is true, like if this, once this verse takes place, nobody during the tribulation could be considered an overcomer because they haven't overcome they haven't, you know, overcome evil with good, according to their Romans 12, 21 position. Um, and again, in Revelation 17, Revelation 17, 14, this is talking about the ten horns. Uh, this is about... Um, yeah, the ten, the ten kings at the end of uh, the tribulation. It says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, Okay, so that's enough. So the lamb shall overcome the beast and the false prophet and their whole all their armies the ten kings all the armies that come up against him the lamb shall overcome them and now we're getting into the biblical definition of what overcomer is i guess this might be a short sermon but the biblical definition of overcomer so let's go to john 16. so we're so it's always good to look at the Bible's definition of something before coming up with your doctrines because, you know, the first time they did that podcast, it's like it sounded reasonable. You know, I like most of their, I like most of their, what they say, right? So you're, you're prone to saying, oh, yeah, okay. Um, they're probably, maybe they're right about some of this stuff. But then, because you start to trust them, right? You, you start to just listen to them and then you don't so it's good to always check if someone's telling you something always check it with the bible because even if it's someone you, you a trusted source even if it's someone you believe has the right gospel they could be wrong they it's it's possible for you know for me to be wrong on things i'm sure i'm wrong on a lot of things but on this topic i believe i'm correct and they're wrong and they're wrong about it uh in john 16 verse 33 it says uh, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world ye shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world so again Jesus has overcome the world because of his death burial and resurrection he's overcome the world so now to the biblical definition of overcomer we go to 1st John and it makes sense because 1st John was written by John the Apostle, and so was Revelation, right? They're written by the same person. So we have the definition of overcomer in 1 John, and then we have a whole bunch of statements about overcomers in Revelation. So it makes sense, right? You're going to read what the definition is first before you get to Revelation, so that you should you should be prepared what that means, right? So 1 John 2.13 says, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, 
because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. So he, he's writing to saved believers in 1 John. He's not writing to the unsaved. He's saying that we have overcome the wicked one in those two verses. We have overcome the, the wicked one, it says. Okay, so and then let's go to ver, chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we've overcome them because greater is he that is in you. That's talking about the Holy Spirit is in us, right? Greater is he than it. So the reason we've overcome is because we have the Holy Spirit. We have overcome is what it's saying because we have the Holy Spirit. Because greater than he is in you than he that is in the world. So the Holy Spirit is greater than the world, right? So we have overcome and now, and now we get to the clear statement in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So that is the biblical definition of overcomer. It is believing that Jesus is the Son of God. All, so it means that all saved people are overcomers. So we get these promises. We get to eat of the tree of life. We shall not be heard of the second death. We will get to eat of the hidden manna, and we will get the white stone with a new name written on it. And we will be clothed in white raiment, everybody who believes. We will not be blotted out of the book of life, and Jesus will confess our names before the Father and before his angels. And we have this pillar in the temple. I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure on what the pillar is, but I don't want to be turned into a pillar. <laughs> I'm thinking it's figurative, it's, you know. And then we'll be granted to sit with Jesus in his throne. So either he has a, a big throne, or maybe we, we take turns, I'm not sure <laughs> on that one. And we shall inherit all things, and Jesus will be our God, and he and we, the overcomer, shall be his son. So we are sons of God. Um, so these are the promises. So there's only one promise that requires works, and that is, He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. So that's the one reward that not everybody's going to get. Right? Only the people that have kept the works unto the end, uh, you know, doing your best, going to church, doing the soul, win trying to go out soul winning, to the end, unto the end. So in other words, you don't fall away, you don't quit. Uh, that's who gets power over the nations, right? So even though we inherit all things, there's certain people that will give get power over the nations, and I don't know who those people are going to be. There's probably a pretty high bar to to that because there's been some really, really good like martyrs over the years and really good pastors over the years that are way above where I'm going to be. I don't, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to be ruling over nations. Probably not. But um, so that's the only one. So I told them this. And I said, look, only the fourth one has an extra condition. All the rest of them does not, 
It doesn't have any extra conditions, so that is given to all believers. So I told them the same. I told them the same message, basically. That uh, let me see. I had one more verse, I think. Oh yeah, First John. So First John at the beginning of First John, chapter one. It says it tells you what the what the purpose of the book is. In 1 John chapter 1, it says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. So everything written in 1 John is so that we will have our, our joy can be full. And that includes who is an overcomer. The fact that we're all overcomers just by believing on the, on the Son of God, that's good news. That's That should be letting us have our full joy. Right, putting out a message that has has to do you have to do a certain number of works to be an overcomer. That doesn't give me joy. I'm sorry, but I don't like that message. <laughs> so I'll go with First John 1:4 and First John 5, where it says we have overcome the world because Jesus has overcome the world, and uh, that's that's all I have for this message. <laughs>